friends, I imagine that when I tell you that this episode is all about intimacy, a particular thought is popping into your mind, a particular type of intimacy. We all go there. We all think about intimacy as the physical relationship that happens between a husband and wife in the bedroom with the doors closed. And yeah, that is an important part of intimacy if we are married. But today we are actually going to expand our understanding of that because God has created every single human with a craving for intimacy, an intimacy with him, but also an intimacy with each other, particularly within our family. So today we're actually going to talk about why it is that we all need intimacy, how that brings satisfaction to our lives. We're going to talk about four different types of intimacy that we can build into our family relationships. And we're going to talk about how the heck do we get there when life is so busy. So if you ever find yourself feeling a little lonely, a little disconnected, even from the people who are most important to you, that's exactly why we're talking about intimacy today. Because we all go through maybe whole seasons of life, maybe just, you know, occasional moments here and there. But we all know the experience of being around our people and yet feeling lonely, feeling dissatisfied, feeling unfulfilled. And a big part of that typically comes back to the intimacy or maybe the lack of intimacy in those relationships. And so that is exactly why we're focusing on this topic today. I don't know what's going on in your part of the world, but here in South Carolina, families are getting ready for the new school year. (laughs) Just two weeks from now, all the kids are going back to school. And that tends to be a time of year where we start building routines, uh, kind of what does our normal day look like. And it's a time of year when we get really, really busy. And it's so easy to let the emotional connection of our relationships start to slide when we get caught in a routine and life is busy. So I don't know if, if your kids are heading back to school, you know, that may not be the season that you are in right now, but I know for a lot of us it is. So now is a perfect time to think thoroughly and deeply about what do we actually want and need from our family relationships, no matter how busy the season of life is, no matter how hectic our schedule is, we all want to feel connected to our people. So if this sounds like a topic that would be helpful for you, you are in the right place, my friend. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Friend, as we get started today, I want to invite you to sign up for the brand new uh, relaunch of our free five-day email course. If you've heard this podcast before, you may have heard me mention the Relationship Reset free five-day email course. Well, it's still free and it's still a a five-day email course, but based on the really helpful feedback that I have gotten from those of you who've taken this course, I've tweaked the material a little bit to zero in particularly on family 
relationships to zero in on helping your family move from stuck in a rut, life is crazy, we're just not connected, to intimate, deep family relationships. So the brand new course, uh, the relaunch, is called Five Tools Every Busy Mom Needs to Move Her Family from Autopilot to Intimacy. It's kind of a rebrand, a relaunch of the relationship reset. Um, In each of the five days of this course, you'll get a simple worksheet, a tool that you can have in your back pocket to use today, but also in the future if needed, as well as a quick video segment from me kind of explaining the tool and helping you apply it to your family. So I know in today's episode, we're talking about intimacy in our family relationships. And so I want to invite you to sign up today. The link is in the show notes for five tools every busy mom needs to move her family from autopilot to intimacy. All right, friends, as you can imagine, in the counseling room, the topic of intimacy comes up quite a bit. And yes, it comes up in couples counseling as the physical intimacy um, that may or may not be a strength of the marriage. But it actually comes up in pretty much every conversation that I have with someone in the counseling room because the level of intimacy in our relationship with God and our relationship with the people who are most important to us has so much influence on our emotions, our mental health, our emotional well-being, our sense of identity, our sense of purpose and self, our, our satisfaction with life. And people tend to come to counseling when they're struggling with one of those aspects. They're struggling with an emotional experience, a mental health experience, a relationship or a behavior. And so intimacy, we may or may not use that actual word, but the idea of how close and connected and real are our relationships comes up quite a bit in the counseling room. So because that's what we're talking about today, let me jump off with a quick disclaimer. I am a licensed therapist, a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of South Carolina, but this podcast is not therapy. None of the resources from Love Your People Well LLC are um, professional counseling in nature. They are all educational and informational. There is a link, however, in the show notes. If you are thinking about counseling, you think it might be helpful for you, there's a link to a page on the website, which is loveyourpeoplewell.com, which might help you think through uh, when is counseling helpful and how to get connected with a great counselor. So with us all on the same page, let's dive into our conversation about intimacy. And I want us to start by kind of setting the stage and and understanding together why it is that I think God has created all of us as creatures that need intimacy in our relationships. And the verse that actually really jumps out to me about this is from Matthew 22, where, you know, the experts of the law are asking Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And they're wondering, you know, what boxes do I need to check? What behaviors do I need to, to follow? And Jesus tells them, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And there is nothing more intimate than that type of love. If we love God or anyone else with all our heart, our soul, our mind, with all of our strength, with everything that we are, I mean, my friend, that is intimacy. And Jesus is telling us if we have that relationship with God, that is the most important thing that we can have in our lives. But he goes on from there in verse 38. 
or sorry, in verse 39 to say the second of the greatest commandments is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So of course, that's a little bit different. It's not saying love your neighbor with all your heart, soul, mind and and strength. But we have the most intimate relationship with ourselves. I know every thought that pops in my head. I know every emotion that I have, the good and the bad. I might not always have the right words to express that even to myself, but I'm feeling it. I feel it in my heart. I often feel it in my body. We often feel emotions. You know, we get flushed or we get tense. We know ourselves inside and out. And we love ourselves. We take care of ourselves. We do things that are for our good. And so Jesus is telling us here, love your neighbor as yourself. We need to reach out to other people and have relationships that mirror the relationship we have with ourselves. And this is certainly true in my counseling experience, but it's probably true even just in, in your own regular experience of life. We are, we experience the most satisfaction, the most fulfillment, the most joy, the most peace when we are feeling close to ourselves, when we are um, at peace with our emotions and our thoughts, we understand ourselves, we have insight into ourselves, we can live accurately according to what we believe is, is right and true and good. When we have that right intimacy with ourselves, we feel good. We have a a healthier mental health and emotional well-being. And if that is true for ourselves, it's going to be true in our relationship with other people. That's that's what I part of what I understand Jesus to be saying here. So we see this call for intimacy from our Lord and Savior. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we see this call in scripture to have intimacy with God first and foremost, but also with our neighbors, with the people around us. And from a mental health experience, from that perspective, um, coming out of the counseling room, as I've already mentioned, there is such a clear connection between the quality of our relationships and the quality of our own personal mental health and emotional well-being. If you feel disconnected from your people, you're not going to be as satisfied in your day-to-day life. If you feel lonely and forgotten and rejected, you're not going to experience as much satisfaction throughout your day. You're not going to feel at peace. But when we can build intimacy into our, particularly our family relationships, that is when, that's when we experience peace. I know that you've experienced that, that when you feel close to your people, you feel more at peace with yourself, with life. You have more fulfillment, more joy, more satisfaction. So that's the why. Why is it that intimacy is so important in our lives? It honors God. It fulfills his call in scripture for us. And it improves our lives. It brings satisfaction and fulfillment to our lives to have close, intimate relationships with our important people. So then, of course, we have the question of, okay, so what types of intimacy are meaningful for us? Yes, let's just start with the most obvious, physical intimacy. Physical intimacy is an important part of our lives. And that's true even if you're not married, because physical intimacy does not just mean a healthy sexual expression with someone else. Physical intimacy includes things like 
hugging people, holding hands, someone patting you on the back, getting a massage, even just sitting close to people that we care about, feeling like we are kind of in each other's space. I mean, of course, there's there's a line there if you're on the subway and someone's sitting next to you and their knees rubbing against you, that's kind of awkward. But if that's happening with your kid because you're all at the dinner table and you're kind of crowded in together and your kid is pressing up against you, that's not going to feel awkward. Things like that, small moments like that are examples of physical intimacy. When we can have that that physical touch, that, that tangible connection with other people in a way that is encouraging and supportive and uh, not awkward. <laughs> So physical intimacy is a very important part of our relationships. And often this is the hardest thing that people have in their relationship with God is that they don't have physical connection with God. We cannot literally sit on his lap and cry and and feel his arms wrap around us. We can do that with our child and maybe with our husband or with a good friend or with a mentor, but we can't do that with God himself. And a lot of people really struggle to feel connected with God because they don't have physical intimacy with him in the same way that they can with other people. And all that that reality tells me is that physical intimacy is important. There's a reason why in the Garden of Eden, God came down and he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. He was physically near them. We don't know what that looked like or sounded like, but we know that he wanted to be close to them. That was a part of the intimacy in their relationship at that time. And we know in the end times, what we see in Revelation, that we will live with God. He will live among us. We will again have a physical intimacy with him. But today we can have that. And hopefully we do have that in our close, particularly family relationships. Physical intimacy is important. A second type of intimacy that uh, benefits all of our lives is to have emotional intimacy with God and as well as with the people who are most important to us. And emotional intimacy often means that we are honest and vulnerable with these people, that we are willing to tell them when we've had a crappy day or when we're really scared or upset. We're willing to share the hard emotions with them as well as the happy ones. And we can do that in a space that is safe and supportive. It is not emotional intimacy when we pour our heart out to someone and they're looking at their phone the whole time, nodding and saying, "Uh uh-huh, oh, that stinks. Oh, yeah, ugh, okay, uh uh-huh, and they're moving on. Emotional intimacy means that when someone is pouring their heart out, we are connecting in that moment. We're making eye contact. We're probably physically close to each other if we can be. We are leaning into the difficult emotions that other people are having. And when we have that experience with God, when we can pour out our heart to him in prayer, and when we have that experience with our husband and our kids and our parents, and we can pour out our hearts to them, the good and the bad, and we can genuinely feel like, wow, they're, they're sitting with me in this emotion. That is when we have emotional intimacy. And again, that brings us such a peace and such a satisfaction. Even if the hard emotion doesn't change, we still feel scared or um, rejected or alone, but we have this person who is in it with us, and that makes us feel better. 
a third type of intimacy that we all need in our relationships is spiritual intimacy. And of course, we think of this with God, right? We are pouring out our heart in prayer. We are reading his word. We're trying to get to know him. We're trying to do what Jesus has told us and to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. But spiritual intimacy actually does extend into our family relationships. We need to have openness about spiritual matters with our husband and with our kids. And that doesn't just mean we all went to church together on Sunday morning. If we really are going to have spiritual intimacy, we're sharing our thoughts about God. We're sharing our questions and our struggles. We're willing to wrestle through things together. We're sharing with each other about what God has done in our lives, how we have seen him move. But we're also sharing about the times when we haven't, when we have prayed and prayed and it just feels empty. It feels like he's not there. When we can genuinely share these moments with our people, we are building spiritual intimacy. And while you don't necessarily have to believe exactly the same things as someone else to have spiritual intimacy with them, you're not going to have the deepest level, the most satisfying experience of spiritual intimacy if you are on different pages. If one of you believes in and follows Jesus and the other is not very interested in that, it's going to be difficult to really have deep, true spiritual intimacy because part of that intimacy would include praying for each other, you know, wrestling through things together and understanding each other and where where you're coming from, where you're at with your theology, with your faith, with your spiritual growth. And there's one other type of intimacy that I want us to talk about today, which is mental or intellectual intimacy. We see this in Jesus's call for how we know God, right? Love the Lord your God with heart, soul, and mind. We should seek to study God's word. We should seek to know him and understand him the best that we can. But we also should strive for this in our relationships, our relationships with our family. Mental intimacy would mean that we are thinking about life together. We're talking about current events. Uh, maybe we're sharing about podcasts that we like or books that we are reading or articles that we've heard about. And of course, this doesn't mean that you need to be a, a big reader and you're reading for hours a day. It doesn't mean your kid has to share every single thing that they learned about in school today. But it does mean that we're sharing our thoughts, our thoughts that go deeper than just how was your day? Oh, it was fine. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling sad. We're actually talking about what it is that is filling our mind and our future and our dreams and our confusions, all of that is a part of the relationship. So that mental intimacy means that we're, we're challenging each other. We're exploring life together. And that's going to be different for every family. Uh, my husband and I, we have a few podcasts that we only listen to together, like when we're on a road trip or something like that, because then you know, we can just share that experience. We talk about it after we listen to the podcast. Um, and that that's one of the ways that we build mental, intellectual intimacy together. Um, but, you know, we have triplets now. They're not even toddlers. We don't go on as many road trips anymore. There are other ways, of course, that we share about our day, share about the things we're learning about, thinking about, wrestling with. So I don't know what works for your family, but I do know that that intellectual intimacy is really meaningful for us. 
All right, so let's recap. And then we're going to talk about a few ideas for how to build intimacy in these different ways, even in our busy, hectic, chaotic lives where it feels like I don't even have time to take a shower sometimes. How do I have time to build all these different types of intimacy? So we've talked about intimacy being important because it fulfills scripture and it builds satisfaction and emotional well-being in our lives. We've talked about four types of intimacy, physical, emotional, spiritual, as well as mental or intellectual intimacy. Now, the how part of it, it's going to look different for everyone, depending on your family, how things are structured for you guys, depending on how busy your life really is. Um, But I do have a couple of tips that I think are are general enough that they should work for pretty much every family. And uh, the main thing that I recommend for folks, if you're wanting to build intimacy with your people, is to have an understanding for yourself of where it is you want to go. Like, what's that end goal? Um, you know, what, what qualities do you want to define your family life or your relationship with God? I want us to have peace in our relationships. I want us to feel um, close to each other. I want us to laugh together. You know, what are the things that are really most important to you? And then compare that against where are you at today? What are the strengths and the struggles of this relationship today? You might really want your family to laugh together and to just be lighthearted and enjoy each other's company. But if you're all involved in separate extracurricular activities and you're all volunteering in different ways, and so you see each other on Saturdays for breakfast, but dinners throughout the week, oh, it's just not happening. That's going to get in the way of achieving that goal of a lighthearted, just enjoying life together family. So think about and understand for yourself, where do we want to go? And where are we at today? Those are two really helpful steps. Uh, But of course, that doesn't build intimacy. It just kind of tells you where do we need to go from here? And so then that next place, how do we build intimacy is to find those moments during the day when you can invest in the relationship. And if, if this is all pretty new to you, it really might be helpful to jot down some ideas to have them on index cards or post-it notes so that you can actually pull something out and say, okay, today I'm going to um, share one of my emotional experiences with my husband. You know, maybe that's on a note card. I'm going to build our emotional intimacy because when he comes home at the end of the day and says, hey, how was your day? I'm going to actually tell him how my day was. Uh, And that might be hard. You know, obviously there are things that can get in the way of doing this, but brainstorming some really simple, small ways to invest in these four types of intimacy in your real life with your people, that can go a long way because if you already have the ideas in your head, it's a lot easier to live them out. And then the third tip that I would have for actually building intimacy, even in the busy seasons of life, is to be realistic. Because if if your goal is, you know, we have dinner together every night to build this, this enjoyment, this lighthearted, fun atmosphere in our family, that's our goal. We're going to have dinner together every night. If that requires that everyone is going to quit their different extracurriculars and volunteer obligations, that might create a lot of tension in the family. Um, That really just might not be right for your family in this season. And so if you're pushing this forward as your agenda, you're probably actually hurting that lighthearted attitude that you're going for because people are frustrated or angry and they don't understand. And yeah, we're having dinner together, but we're all just glaring at each other over the mashed potatoes. 
So think realistically. What might get in the way of the ideas that you have? What is maybe the very first small step that you can take? And start there. You don't have to start at the end of the road. If you start with your first step, and then you take a second step, that's how you move down the road toward this goal that you might have for your family to build intimacy. And my friend, if, if all of this sounds uh, maybe appealing to you, but a little overwhelming to you, because life is hectic, I want to circle back and give you the same invitation that I gave at the beginning of this episode, because we have just launched a, um, or I guess kind of relaunched a free five day email course that will help you actually do actually live out, learn the tools, learn the skills, have them in your back pocket that we've just talked about these little tips about building intimacy, the free five day email course, five tools, every busy mom needs to move her family from autopilot to intimacy is available now you can get in for free and for five days you'll get biblical encouragement and quick little video (laughs) segments really helping you understand these different ideas about how to kind of break out of the rut that your family might be in break through autopilot and the busy schedule and build intimacy in a way that is realistic for you and for your family you can sign up Um, The link is right there in the show notes. You can go to the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com, and you can sign up today to not only get these tools, these five tools that will help you build intimacy, but understand them. And you'll have worksheets and quick, trust me, they're not long, little video segments that will help you understand it and apply it to your life. And so if, if all of this talk about intimacy sounds a bit out of reach, I would really encourage you to sign up today for the free email course, Five Tools Every Busy Mom Needs to Move Her Family from Autopilot to Intimacy. My friend, I hope that this episode has been encouraging for you. And if it has, the greatest way to thank me and even spread the word and help other women connect with this ministry is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a written review in Apple Podcasts. Tell people what you're getting out of um, this episode, out of this show. That's encouraging to me, and it really does spread the word. And then I would say go out and love your people. My friend, evaluate where am I at today? What is one step that I can take this week to build intimacy with God and with my people? And it just started pouring rain outside, so if you hear a lot in the background... (laughs) Uh, Hopefully you are inside and dry like I am and thankful for it. All right. Hugs and blessings, friend. I'll talk to you soon.